0: That give the world to see where the music softly playing and the rhythms gently sway in Underneath the stars a million bars guitars are softly saying Mexico well, I believe there are people uh, tuning in just to hear Long John Baldry. I've, uh, I've, I've actually uh, put that uh, on my Spotify playlist. Uh, I got some earbuds. Do you know what's weird, right? I, what? I, I
1: Weirdly, I was texting John Bonfilio this week, obviously just to check it in, make sure everything's all right, and I was like... Then I started going... Mexico. Mexico. And I, was like, yeah. I, would, I nearly text Mark to say, Mark, who singing this song? i trying to find out my Apple Music. I've got it in my head. I need to hear this song now. So yeah. I'm, I'm, Long I'm, John Booltree. Right. I'm writing it down. Yeah. Long yeah, I've John got it saved, I've, got it, I've got it saved on my uh, on my YouTube favourites.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Uh, John Booltree joins us. Uh, John, a very good evening to you. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, Yeah, we'll start off with Pele because it's it's Netflix's uh, sort of number one uh, documentary uh, this week in the UK. I suspect it's uh, popular all over uh, Latin America as well. Um, Have you seen the uh, the Pele documentary? Yeah,
1: yeah, Um, yeah. And uh, go on.
0: Well, I was just going to say. I mean, the the almost twenty year nightmare of the uh, military dictatorship, which um, you know, a lot of us have probably forgotten about. And uh, the, w- the, what really, I absolutely almost uh, gasped in amazement when they had a member of that military dictatorship um, talking on the show, uh, and uh, the interviewer says, you know, people just disappeared, and uh, the, the thought was that these people had been tortured, and he. Just says oh yeah absolutely definitely yeah they were tortured and i thought it's very rare you get somebody who's been involved i mean he was a piece of work this uh, this guy and it was just one of the many sort of interesting moments in this uh, in this documentary
1: it was as you say i think it really foregrounds you know during that um 12 year period between 1958 and 1970 in the world cups so and obviously you know addresses it through through pele's eyes in a in a, in a football context, but in particular, it does really bring to the fore the emergence of the, of the dictatorship and, and talks about it in parallel. And, and worth remembering, of course, that Brazil was not the only country in Latin America during, you know, that rough period of time mm. to, to suffer a, a dictatorship. And, and, and it's not that long ago. Um, you know, in terms of the, the popular memory, there were lots of people on the, as you say, this, this particular functionary, who just seemed to be talking about it as though, you know, it was just another policy that was that was enacted. But, but definitely, it's still in, in the living memory of the grandparents of of many countries um, in Latin America that family members and friends um, and and others would just suddenly disappear and occasionally emerge, but but more often than not, never seen again.
0: Yeah, and it only ended in 1985, didn't it, the uh, military dictatorship. When Pele leaves us, I know he's he's about 80 now, um, when he leaves us, will his memory be sort of besmirched uh, in any way by the fact that he remained politically neutral through that whole period? And in fact, obviously, when they won the World Cup uh, in 1970, uh, the president's he uh, held up the cup, didn't he, and welcomed Pele and all that. And there must be people who lost relatives, etc., who, you know, not, not holding Pele responsible for it, but certainly wishing he'd maybe uh, spoken out a bit or been a bit more like Muhammad Ali, if you like, and uh, taken a more political stance.
1: I think definitely there's there's definitely an open question about how he chose to engage or chose not to engage With what was taking place, you know, with the politics of uh, of the time, will it besmirch his his reputation and the memory that people have of him? I think I think not. I think it's one going to be one of those questions which you know some people bring up, but essentially the overwhelming tide of 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 um, how people relate to and uh, and remember Pele is being an absolutely unique footballer who brought uh, joy to millions and not just Brazilians. I mean, when I'm sure the same. Happened to you, but I, as I was watching the, the documentary, you know, seeing that iconic yellow shirt um, mm. and the way that they played football, and seeing the number ten on Pele's back and so on. I mean, it does take you. I mean, a lot of that footage I've never seen before, but it does take you back to um, to World Cups gone by, where Brazil was everybody's favourite team and you know and a, a completely unique uh, footballing na- nation, culturally distinct to almost every other.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's well worth watching. Uh, highly recommended at the moment. Actually, interestingly, watched another uh, documentary this week about um, a surfer in Peru, which I would uh, recommend. It was a BBC one, so I don't know whether you'd see it um, over where you are, uh, called uh, Into the Storm. En la tormenta, uh, with mm-hmm. um, this guy from Peru, little fourteen-year-old, who's sort of saved by—he's in the in the ghetto, I suppose you call it the, the barrio um, over there, the Horilas district of uh, Lima, and it's very—excuse <coughs> me—you see the sort of struggles of his life there. Um, it's a very, very poor. I suppose in Brazil it would be called a favela, wouldn't it? Yeah. One of those yeah. places in Peru, a sort of barrio. And uh, you know, all the houses have got those corrugated iron roofs or sort of tin shacks, hundreds and hundreds of them, you know, piled up over uh, on the hill there. Um, and uh, whether you're able to see it or not, I don't know. But if you can, try and uh, catch it. Uh, it probably show where you are. It's in Spanish. En la tormenta is a spanish title
1: i will i will i will look it up
0: yeah you find that quite interesting now let's move on to the hippos because we've uh, not uh, we've not mentioned uh, pablo escobar's hippos we were going to do it a couple of weeks ago um but they've they're breeding at quite a rate
1: they are pablo escobar's hippos uh, to my mind i think runs climate change and covid a close third for sexiest scientific topic <laughs> of our times <laughs> It it seems like every scientist out there is lining up to do some kind of uh, scientific survey and report on on the hippos. And the most recent one to come out, I guess, kind of, you know, does the standard thing that most of the other reports have done, which is basically to say, uh, look, these hippos were... Uh, essentially, and, and, uh, they're an invasive species that were introduced because Pablo Escobar had so much money. He just, you know, he could basically do what he wanted. And one of the things he did was develop this whole cornucopia of exotic animals at the uh, Hacienda Napoles. And then when he was killed in 1993, then the authorities didn't know what to do with a lot of the animals. A lot of them died. Some went to zoos, but you know, moving a hippo, uh, or moving quite a few hippos mm. is, is not that straightforward. So basically they, they stayed there and essentially have thrived in that, in that particular, uh, you know, um, environment in in the Colombian waters of around, as in the Um So this report has basically said they need to be culled uh, because they are going to um, destroy native plants and wildlife and alter biodiversity and and so on and and potentially even risk you know um, damage to uh, to humans. What's interesting though is that there are other reports. Uh, going back to the sexiness of this topic, that actually (laughs) say the opposite of um, the hippos. There's one really interesting report that came out a couple of years ago, which actually says that given the dwindling hippo numbers in Africa, that maybe in the future we may actually see a stable hippo, the only stable hippo population in the world to be in Colombia and not in Africa. And then another study, which came out only a few months ago, actually um, compares hippos in Colombia to a number of other prehistoric Kind of quasi dinosaur animals um, that roamed that land back in the day the pre human day, including things like giant llamas and a kind of prehistoric hippo as well so what what that study is saying is actually far from damaging the environment it 's actually restoring the environment these hippos are actually restoring the environment to pre human um, levels and 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 tropes as well, so something of a yeah um, scientists in their. Uh, in their offices or towers or whatever it is are uh, getting angrier and angrier with each other about the topic.
0: Yeah, the ivory towers, I suspect, is where this. I, I
1: thought about, about saying ivory, but then I thought I wouldn't diss science in this in our current context. <laughs>
0: No, no, we need them. We need them. Uh, and, and just finally, you know, w- w- while we're on the subject of drug lords, um, El Chapo's um, wife is now being uh, is now being held responsible. At least she's appeared in court uh, in Washington, accused of complicity in some of his crimes.
1: She has. She was arrested earlier on uh, earlier on this week and has been charged with conspiring to help arrange Guzman's escape. Although quite how the US can try her on those charges, because that was all in Mexico, I, I don't really know. And also conspiring, this is obviously more, uh, directly relevant to the US, conspiring to distribute cocaine, methamphetamine, heroin, marijuana, and then you can obviously the list, the list continues. Um, Emma Gordonel, much younger than El Chapo, uh, beautiful wife that attended every day of his, of his trial in, in 2019, um, including when there was various uh, talk of, of mistresses and of uh, Guzman actually having recorded uh, Emma Coronel uh, because he didn't trust her and so on. And essentially, it was a staunch linchpin around that whole um, situation, even wearing the same clothes as him on some on some court days. Uh, but she's been arrested and um, yeah, and essentially, he's, he's going to stand trial. It seems in in the U.S. Interestingly, however, her lawyers have said that they actually want to. Um, for her to be sent back to Mexico in the same way as this general Salvador Cienfuegos that was a high-ranking official from the previous administration who was arrested a few months ago and then um, the Trump administration basically sent him back to Mexico to be tried in Mexico and he's currently living happily at home, uh, charge-free. So they've, um, they've invoked uh, existing precedent and process for her to be sent back, but that's more a gibe at the authorities really than, than in any hope or expectation that it's going to happen
0: never a quiet moment um, in your part of the world. Uh, John, uh, as always, thanks uh, ever so much for joining us.
1: No problem. Take care.
0: Thank you. John Bonfilio, uh, top man joining us from uh, Mexico. Um, uh, You've been doing a bit of research, Mark, haven't you? And found out